Welcome one, welcome all to another developer interview here on the Xbox Expansion Pass. Today I am joined by Alex Swanson and Mark Fraunmeyer of the Marble Collective, the studio behind Marvel It Up, Marble, Marvel It Up Ultra. See, it got me right there, guys. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Pleasure to be on the show. I'm so glad you did. I've had all these marble puns in my head, and I was really hoping I would roll through the intro with no flubs, but here we are, right? <laughs> Pun, we puns are a big part of the uh, the perso- personality of the game, so you're you're on the right track. Well, there we go. Yeah, and, and you guys just put out a trailer, and it's you guys called it a role-playing masterpiece, and it just made me grin ear to ear. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so, guys, before we talk about uh, Marble at all, Marble it of Ultra. It's going to get me all day. Uh, tell me a little bit about the Marble Collective, please. Oh, it's a, a great question. So, so the um, you know Alex and I were we we actually were the original kind of two main authors of a game called Marble Blast uh, way back in the day, and then we went on to build a, a Marble Blast Ultra for the Xbox 360. Um, and those two games built up a, a whole community of, of players and creators uh, who ended up modding that game family for a long time. Um, and then when when Alex, uh, Ben, Todd Pickens, and myself went on to build Marble It Up, um, we initially kind of reached out uh, to that uh, community just to say, "Hey, we're making a game," and some really amazing game designers actually came out of that woodwork uh, and joined up with us over time to build uh, Marble It Up uh, and now Marble It Up Ultra. Yeah, I think it's pretty unique in that the Marble Collective is sort of a multi-generational development team. Uh, Like Mark was saying, he and I and and, uh, some of the other senior members of the team were part of the original Marble Blast crew. Uh, These other folks grew up playing Marble Blast on their computer labs. Uh, it used to be bundled with all consumer Macs, so a lot of people randomly uh, have encountered it there uh, or uh, on Xbox 360. And uh, now, no longer kids playing the game, they're now designers building levels and uh, contributing to the code base and other things like that. So, it's it's that, pretty wild so cool. to have, yeah, to, to, have a, to have people who actually, some of whom got into game development because they played the game that we made 21 years ago. Uh, and then now are just uh, epic coders and designers and artists that have uh, saddled up to to work with us to make uh, make make the next big thing. Yeah, and what a legacy! Like to be like you know shipped with Macs and PCs and and to show up there and then to end up on Xbox Live Arcade, which is certainly uh, has its own storied history. Um, and to be just kind of going through each in the console space, we'd call it generations, but in the PC space, it's just an ongoing. You guys have been with so many generations of gamers throughout throughout your history of making games. Yeah, and it, I mean, to me, it's it's there's there's something that that we um, you know the the real focus that we've had in in kind of all the games in this genre on really precise interaction between. You know that that sort of where where the 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 ball becomes kind of an extension of your will to move in the world, um, and it that 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 kind of compelling hook 
really it just it, it's had this this lasting uh, I, you know it's, it's a game that I enjoy playing um, for for that entire time and I think that's what sort of made it this multi-generational piece. I think that the ball genre in general is timeless. I mean, look at yeah. all sports, look at just playing as a kid with a ball, like that that interaction of spinning objects and the way that things uh, bounce. Um, there's something that's just really inherently appealing to human brains about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've done our best to capture that in, in the Marvel series. Marvel It Up Ultra is the ultimate expression of that so far. So far. And, and I'd be willing to bet we'd say the same thing five, 10 years from now with the, with the next iterations. Um, is the Marble Collective uh, a studio, like a remote studio? Are you guys working remotely or are you guys going to a building? We're fully it's remote. Fully yeah. remote. We, we, even though we're, uh, the, so, so the, the four uh, original founders are in all in Oregon um, and actually three of us live in Eugene, but I think we, we, we got together a couple of months ago um, for probably our, I don't know, it was like our fourth or fifth in-person meeting uh, since we started in 2017. So we've been we've been doing the remote work thing on Marble It Up for uh, you know since since before the pandemic, um, and and it's been. I mean, the other guys on the team are you know, uh, ones from the UK, guys from the East Coast. I mean, these are people we've never met in person, but we've mm-hmm. been working with for years. Yeah. And the core team did work together at Garage Games and at other companies for many years before we undertook this endeavor. So we have a pretty uh, familiar working relationship that we built over many years before trying to go remote. <laughs> but, uh, the the devil, you know. <laughs> so so it's kind of I would imagine there's kind of a shorthand that comes with working together for that long. Um, do you guys find that that makes it easier? Like, do you have that shorthand? I, I would say it's, it's more, I, I think we, we probably just understand each other's personalities well enough to, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and particularly with, you know, kind of all the remote work and going back to work and the, you know, being in person thing, I think having that long time relationship and friendship really helps in those mm-hmm. scenarios where you have a, a totally remote team, because it is very easy to, uh, particularly when you're communicating a lot in text only, uh, mm-hmm. you're missing subtext all the time. So um, it, it helps to to know the person on the other side. Yeah, for sure. I've worked in a number of remote companies and, you know, familiarity, personal familiarity is pretty hard to replicate uh, if you start out remote. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, with, between the founders having that familiarity to begin with and then uh, you know, frequent play tests and interactions with the other uh, designers. Um, we've done pretty well. Run into a few road bumps here and there that I think are typical for remote work teams. But uh... mm. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Mark's like it's me. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, guys. Um, I feel like because Marvel, the Marvel genre, has been around for so long, uh, some might take for granted what it is what's but but i don't think that's actually the case i think there are a lot of gamers that might be discovering uh marble it up ultra kind of for the first time i know i discovered it uh by way of the recent demos that that came out with id at xbox these past few months um would you guys talk to me about the elevator pitch of marble it up ultra 
Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think at its core, like if you really want to talk about what the genre is, it is a platformer, but it's a physics-based, really sort of uh, skill-based um, platformer. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people who think about the marble genre think about uh, games like uh, Super Monkey Ball, where you're kind of tilting the world, and it's really that game is about not having a lot of control and trying to deal with that. And Marble It Up and and the Marble It Up Ultra are really the opposite of that, where you have an incredible amount of control over the spin and movement of your marble, and it's all about figuring out how to use that to your advantage. Um, so we build these elaborate sort of geometric uh, puzzles, levels. I, I hesitate to say puzzles because it is not a puzzle game. It's an action platformer. Some um, of those levels felt like puzzles there, Alex. But there are puzzle <laughs> elements, puzzle-like <laughs> elements in it. Uh, but it's not about you know just solving the puzzle intellectually. It's also about executing on the motions required to solve that puzzle. Um, and I guess that's really what is at the core of the genre. And as a result, we have a huge speedrunning community um, and it really appeals to people who uh, like to kind of hone and perfect their skill in a game. Um, and, yeah, I think yeah. layering into yeah. that, I mean, for, for, for me, there, there have been games over time, a, a, a select few that really bring you into a state of like really in, into the moment and into the, into the game where you're, it, you're sort of really directly connected with the game experience. And I think if mm-hmm. you have know, the first game that really did this, did that for me was Robotron. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like this really well-balanced left and right brain kind of working together. There's another old arcade game called Ice Cold Beer that is a ball rolling game that has mm-hmm. that, that very same essence. And I think that that really for me was the the, the main push um, uh, on 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 the, the that sort of human physics interaction with the game. To, to take you out of your mind and into an experience uh, and then create the sort of the simplest possible game experience that supported that. Um, and that's, that's, that was kind of the genesis of, of the work on Marble Blast, which was itself, I mean, when we think about that genre, you know, Marble Blast was an homage to an old stand-up arcade game called Marble Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Marble, Marble It Up is, uh, in, in essence, an homage to that legacy as well. Man, it, it's just, it's mind boggling and awesome to me to think about how much uh, the genre has changed and how much this game kind of captures the genre's changes over time. Um, one of the things I really dig in looking at uh, the trailer that was released and viewers on YouTube are seeing it right now. Uh, listeners, I encourage you to go check out uh, the new trailer because it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But I'm astounded by the amount of physics that take place in both like the platforming elements, but also you guys have dropped in like sports games uh, into this. I'm seeing sumo. I'm seeing soccer. Um, The amount of physics involved to me just looks uh, remarkable. Is that a lot of work to get all kind of moving and working together? Uh, yeah, we don't have our lead programmer here. He would probably start crying at this point. But uh, <laughs> yes, it's been a lot of work. Getting getting very precise marble, you know, rolling ball physics in itself is a is a significant challenge. But then doing so in a networked environment and keeping that smooth and making it, I mean, it's, it is really a significantly it, it is a very challenging uh, programming exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that sort of uh, that's sort of the, really the, the essential code that we cracked. 
um, in in and more so in ultra than in any prior game that we've done. Does that involve like taking actual real marbles and rolling them and scanning it like this high level fidelity thing, or is it a matter of just creating a ball in a physics based world in an engine and going from there? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Uh, we haven't had any, uh, you know, motion capture on real marbles yeah. yet. Um, it turns out their motion isn't particularly, uh, you know, complicated compared to human uh, <laughs> yeah. emotions. But, you know, it, there is a certain sense of authenticity that you need to get there with the way that things interact, the way that surfaces feel when you hit them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we've done a lot of work, I think, and inherited a lot of work from the previous titles that we had worked on um, mm -hmm. to make that feel authentic. Uh, and then there's a huge portion that has to do with latency compensation and <laughs> it's a much more latency sensitive game than a lot of other games out there and uh, we've done a lot of work to make sure that prediction works well that things recover smoothly when there is latency uh, that sort of thing uh, because multiplayer marbling is i think really uh the thing that made marble blast ultra so popular and something that we have been desperate to bring to our players <laughs> since we released the original marble it up uh when was it three or four years ago why is latency such a uniquely a uniquely challenging thing for marble games i mostly oh, oh I, I was just gonna say because your your interaction is so close you've mm -hmm. got these physics objects you're you're actually interacting with the other player avatar all the time um in terms of it's it's a very tight you know sumo you're you're knocking other up marbles out of the ring, gem hunt. You're you're all scrambling for uh, for the balls. Whereas if you think about like a, a a first person shooter type of a game, a lot of that is action at a distance, um, mm. and so you don't have anywhere close to the same amount of of tight physics work going on with the other players that are offset in time. I mean, there you know your your latency to the server and then to the other player. Um, you could be 100 milliseconds or 200 milliseconds off. And that makes a big difference, really big difference, when those two objects are right next to each other. Mm. Yeah, and it comes down to that physical sense when objects are hitting each other and bouncing, especially accounting for spin. Like, our brains are tuned for how spheres work because of all this time we spend playing with balls as kids. So when mm -hmm. that doesn't bounce in the way you would expect based on its spin, like, you really notice that. Um, mm -hmm. and they get away that you don't in in other games where position, you know, obviously like for a FPS game, hit scanning and making sure that projectiles are hitting is, is a, a challenge that they have to overcome, but they're not having to account for that real inherent human understanding of how a ball's physics are supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that like the surfaces you've got your, your marble rolling on, whether it's a, a racetrack type level or a platforming level, do the, do the surfaces change how the ball bounces and moves? Uh, we haven't, we primarily use hard surfaces. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a few other types of surfaces in there. Um, but because we want to allow people to achieve this really high level of skill, we try to keep things consistent as much as possible and really clearly communicate like, okay, you're on a, a normal hard tile surface. Most, mm -hmm. most surfaces in the games are tile or you're on ice or you're on a bouncy surface uh, rather than introducing a ton of different surface types where people would have to kind of relearn uh, their expectations for each one. Uh, but but yeah, like expansion there in the future. Ice has a very different feel than the, the hard surfaces. So, so like you get, when you hit an ice patch, you definitely 
slip and and spin and it 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 feels like you're rolling on ice uh mm-hmm. the bounce surfaces that alex mentioned was is, is actually a, a relatively new upgrade which is well it is what it sounds like it's a it's a surface that lets you bounce off it higher and um but all of those are just you know additional sort of uh tools in the in the level designer's palette Mm-hmm. That that was what I was actually uh, noting when I had the question was I saw these bounce pads in the trailer that that send the marble uh, flying far distances and and bounce it up high and uh, in those moments I feel like we really get a sense of scale for the levels that you guys are creating um, when you're designing these are you thinking okay this is a maze level this one's platforming this is a speed one this is a combination. Uh, is that the mindset behind creating kind of the, the single player experience? Yeah, I think that there is certainly a, a certain part of it that is like, what, what type of level is this? What type of level, of level does it need to be for the progression and where it is in the, uh, uh, you know, set of levels? We've come more around to that uh, as we've filled out sort of the last sets of levels. Originally, the designers were all building a lot of different levels. And a lot of it was just about what is a concept that I have come up with that I think is really cool that's going to make a fun level? Uh, and we started with a ton of those that were just purely these kind of uh, experiments in what is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we kind of went back and said, okay, what do we need to fill in the gaps to make this feel like a good progression? You know, what's missing? What don't we have enough of? And then taking that more limited canvas and trying to, to build levels in there. Um, but when I'm building levels, it really comes down a lot of the time to... Uh, media that I'm reading or, you know, like science literature that I'm consuming, or it's like, oh, here's this sort of interesting, you know, astrophysical concept. I'm going to try to make a level that expresses that. And often the names of the levels reflect that uh, and sort of the bizarre uh, shapes and whatnot are <laughs> inspired by whatever my brain interprets from some reading. Or obviously there's a lot of inspiration from MC Escher with the levels that change gravity. Uh, yeah, so you have shifting gravity as a kind of concept, and I can only imagine what an Alex level after you've watched Interstellar is like. It's like, oh no, <laughs> you know. Well, I'll get into to chapter six or the bonus chapters, and you'll find out. Oh, <laughs> oh there they are. Okay. I the I mean the, the addition of gravity changing surfaces in in Marble It Up was I think just really expanded uh, the palette of what was possible um, for. Uh, for level design and the, some of the levels Alex and the team have made are just, they're just fantastic. Um, in terms of you look at them, you're like, what that's, you know, it's a, uh, the, the Gordian, which was the sort of the Gordian knot, uh, was one of the early ones, uh, from Marvel it up. And it, it's just, yeah, it's these really intricate 3d mazes with gravity that I've, I've never seen expressed in any other game. That's yeah, so... I think that yeah, we go take ahead, an please. approach. Oh, sorry, we take an approach to level design, or I do. That's uh, visual about the the whole level as well. And there are a few other games out there that do this, but I think it's not that typical for a platformer genre, mm-hmm. um, where the level itself is sort of I don't know a sculpture or or a work of art <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, we have a great art director to really uh, highlight that um, after we build them. It's Todd Pickens. Uh, shout out to Todd. What up, Todd? Um, I noticed uh, you guys have in your description power-ups for your different marbles. Can you talk a little bit about, because we've mentioned gravity, but power-ups for our marbles, is this in the single-player experience or in the multiplayer element or both? Both. 
Uh, yeah, we have uh, a number, you know, I think that uh, none are too unexpected. We have things that give you a sudden boost of speed or allow mm -hmm. you to change direction midair, uh, jump power-ups let you jump higher, uh, a feather fall that lets you temporarily change the physics of your marble to be uh, more like a floating ball of uh, paper on the wind, mm. uh, which opens up a lot of different uh, level designs that we otherwise wouldn't be able to have, and some interesting strategies in multiplayer. Uh, and then, of course, in multiplayer, we have one multiplayer exclusive power-up, the Mega Marble, where you become gigantic and get to satisfyingly obliterate your opponents uh, and smash them out of the uh, <laughs> levels. <laughs> Very cool. And, and I, I think that what we really tried to strike a balance there uh, was was you know game complexity versus um, simplicity of control. And so it's you know it's a lot of a lot of games sort of you know they claim all the buttons and then the learning curve ends up being uh, pretty extreme. So we wanted to be able to have that versatility of control but still keep it a relatively simple, you know, which power-up do I want to pick up? They have, you know, a pretty limited set, but it, they, it really opens up um, whole different ways of sort of kinetic expression. Yeah, and from the level design side, we also have the time travel power-up, which temporarily slows the clock, which really goes into the speedrunners and routing, mm -hmm. where we can create more choices in level design. Do you go for the longer route where you can get something else to the clock or do you try to take a shortcut and, and skip the the uh, time travel power up yeah, and gotcha. the, when, when you watch some of the some of the top skill players in this game series it's just mind-blowing the level of skill that people have gotten to uh partly yeah. because of that just you know just the really that that sort of precise control dynamic but then one of the other things that we added in marble it up is the ability to do like rewind and replay. And so you, you know, just people figuring out through rewinding, uh, you know, sort of con very continuous, smooth rewind, the ability to like find the perfect route where you hit a little edge here and then flip up here. And I mean, it's just, uh, if, if you, if you check out some of those speed runs on YouTube, it's, it's, it's it is astonishing the level of skill that people can develop, you know, take the game to. It seems like you guys are cultivating that community quite well uh, also with Marvel Up Ultra in that you guys are going to have weekly challenges, uh, modifiers to different challenges, and leaderboards as well. Is that right? Yeah, we have our own internal leaderboards. Um, and, uh, and then, like you mentioned, the weekly challenges where we kind of vary up the physics and put some interesting uh, twists on familiar levels uh, every week so that people have something interesting to compete over. Uh, but the community has also taken that and run with it, and they have their own whole set of, of uh, leaderboards for you know full game speed runs, tool assisted uh, speed runs, and um, it's just really cool. Like Mark said, some of the stuff that's out there, I watch it and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that route was possible. <laughs> well, and I think the other big community hook uh, for that that we've been wanting for a long time as players uh, is is multiplayer. Um, and that's that's a that's one of those elements that that kept uh, Marble Blast Ultra going for many years, even after it was delisted from the store. People kept playing and kept playing tournaments, and so now uh, we're, we're, and where where that game only had you know one multiplayer game mode, this one's got five, and I think we've got um, you know lots of ideas cooking for uh, continued growth and really uh, honing that online community. 
Talk to me about some of those modes, because I mean, it's like you've got zombies. It looks like the sumo one. I know I mentioned uh, soccer. Those are those are some of your multiplayer modes. Yep. Yeah, we have four modes. Uh, sort of the classic that came over from the previous Marvel games is Gem Hunt, uh, which is a you know where you have sort of a large level where gems spawn in patches throughout level, and everyone races to get them, and then new gems will spawn in a new place, uh, which has withstood the test of time and been a, a really great sort of combination of race and battle mode. Uh, but we wanted to vary it up and provide people with sort of a broad spectrum of modes. So we have zombies, which is a tag mode mm -hmm. uh, where you start out, most players start out as survivors and the zombies try to tag them and you earn points for surviving longer. Or once you become a zombie, you can stage a comeback and uh, by earning points, tagging people. Um, we have sumo, which is kind of gets down to the original idea of like a marbles game where you have marbles in the ring and you're trying to knock them out, uh, where you just earn points for staying in the ring. And the whole point is to keep everybody else out, kind of a king of the classic king of the hill. Mm -hmm. uh, and then soccer, which, you know, we have great ball physics. Why not add another ball mm -hmm. to the mix and uh, have, you know, more of a team based strategic uh, game mode there where you know, it's exactly what you'd expect. Two teams trying to get the ball into the goal, but with the added almost billiards-like spin onto it of you yeah. needing to hit this ball, you know, in the right way and being able to pull off some interesting trick shots due to being able to put English on the ball and that kind of thing. It gave me Rocket League vibes, but not exactly. Like in, in a genuine uplifting, like in a good way, I got Rocket League <laughs> well, vibes. And, and I think yeah, that's what you know, for for me, at least, the the one of the goals with this whole genre was always how do you bring the the sort of fidelity and intensity of competitive online games. First, you know, I, I, my first experience in the game development world was uh, Tribes and Tribes Two, and I played you know Quake and Doom and all that. Mm -hmm. But but you know the question was sort of like how do you bring that level of intensity and competitive aspect into a game that is all ages, family friendly, nonviolent. Um, and, and, and really like, yeah, it, it, I think the, the word uplifting is, is a good one. That's definitely, uh, you know, the, the purpose of the game, I think on, on some sense, uh, is, is to, is to help people, you know, make, make people happy and, and have fun. Um, and to be able to do so, uh, and, and bring that kind of uh, really essential joy into something that also has um, uh, competitive depth. That's cool. And I think we covered three. Was there one more, Alex? Or was uh, there one more? I think I got all of them. Soccer, uh, sumo, and, zombies, uh, and gem hunt. Said, we, five, yes. we, we actually have a team and version. We, we do have team hunt gem hunt as well, as well. which uh, changes yeah. up the strategy quite a bit when you can have players, you know, potentially trying to interfere with the other team and, you know, you're, not as concerned with competing with everyone. Um, and I think that really also brings Gem Hunt to a wider uh, set of players where they can really feel like they're contributing. Because Gem Hunt traditionally has been an incredibly high skill ceiling uh, game mode. Um, so bringing a team element in there allows those uh, star players to uplift their whole team instead of <laughs> just dominating the field. Is there a significant visual like necessity when creating marble it up because at its core it's a ball rolling on a surface right but in marble it up ultra and in the marble games over years like there are shadow physics there are speed lines there are color differences in different level palettes um that i think really helps it capture a unique visual flair 
Uh, and that's on the outside looking in. Is that something you guys are conscious and aware of as you're designing it? Yeah, for sure. And I can kind of paraphrase from our art director here, but, um, you know, we really do want to, we've always wanted to pay homage to the things that came before us. So if you look at Marble Blast, that obviously took some inspiration uh, from Marble Madness. And we've wanted to continue that sort of aesthetic going forward, but also expand upon it, you know, figure out where we can go next with it. Um, a big inspiration for the current uh, uh, aesthetic is sort of the vaporwave and like the trapper keepers of the uh, early 90s, if you remember those. Mm -hmm. We're like, what has like, you know, beautiful spheres and, and goofy rendering and, and interesting psychedelic colors. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the reason that we went that direction is because at its core, the game is all about um, interacting with these interesting geometric shapes of the levels. Uh, and it's really, really important that that geometry be clearly visible and communicated. You know, we're not going to put grass on a level or foliage or things like that, because those kind of things look great in a lot of types of games, but they also, it's less clear how you would bounce off of something like that. Mm -hmm. And we want that to be crystal clear. If you see a surface and you're coming towards it, you're going to know exactly how you're going to bounce. Um, so that's driven the aesthetic at its core. And then I think we've taken that and kind of expanded it into the other elements of the world, you know, these geometric uh, psychedelic sky shapes that appear. And um, uh, and then going back to Mark's point about wanting to make it sort of this rich and joyful experience, like we want a lot of color. We want, um, you know, a lot of energy um, and I don't know. Hopefully, uh, if you're watching the, the video on the side here, you're seeing that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, question for me was always, I mean, going back many years was like, what kind of a world would a marble live in? Um, and uh, and the as, as what's really cool is, you know, as, as graphics technology has continued to just march forward, that started uh, or that, you know, that it was it was always driven by a quest of realism. Um, which is how do we make this look more and more and more like the real world? But if all of a sudden you've got all that graphics horsepower and you're, you can really step out of the real world and into, uh, you know, a, a fantastic, beautiful creation of the mind. Um, that's, that's one of the things I think is, is really cool about it, is it's not trying to be um, uh, a, 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 a replica of reality. It's trying to be its own thing but leveraging all of the uh, advances in you know shaders and gpus and so on and so forth but i think the realism point is a good one because ultimately the marbles themselves we want to look like marbles that you would want to collect right mm -hmm. and so that has to drive the aesthetic of the rest of the game to have these more realistic surfaces and whatnot so that the marbles feel like they fit into their world mm -hmm. uh, and i think that's i feel like you guys have done that when i see like some of them look like uh like they've had a different type of colors into a glass blower others it's a hamburger or a smiley face <laughs> or it's got a you know a different type of reflective surface and different patterns um and that's part of like you guys adding to a player can create create a collection of things in the game right yeah every level single level has a hidden uh treasure box with a marble in it uh, or or a hat or a trail for marbles uh then a number of achievements unlock them uh and then when playing uh multiplayer and other parts of the game you or everyone's earning uh these shards which are a sort of in-game soft currency which they can then use to purchase a few of the marbles that are otherwise unavailable um so yeah i think that uh, collecting is a big aspect and being able to find the treasure boxes is just kind of another way to play the game it takes it from the speed running thing to like 
where did these devious level designers have this thing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> What's I, the most been, unexpected place that a treasure box could be? Man, the one, there, there's one in one of the demo levels that I finally found. It's where the it's where the elevator goes up, and you got to duck under and get <laughs> the gear, gear level. I was like, mm -hmm. those guys, because I was like, where, where could it be hidden? It, it it really does add this whole element of of you know high, you know find the hidden object thing in these levels where that normally you're just trying to race through. So there it's a, it's additional gameplay and lots of, lots of fun finding. What's your target age audience for this one and, and the difficulty uh, kind of curve for the game? We have a hundred single player levels, uh, but like, is this for a dad and his daughter to play or is this uh, for your speed running community only or kind of a mix of the two? Uh, it's all of the above. Uh, my five-year-old really enjoys playing the first couple of chapters of the game. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But yeah, I think it's an all-ages game by intention. And I guess I would say one of the things I think that, that the team did exceedingly well in Ultra versus I think any of the previous major releases that we did other than the Mayhem release was that 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 the early levels have a lot of real depth and play to them. Um, where in, you know, if you go back to Marble Blast, like it was, we had these very simple early levels that were sort of like, here are the controls. And then it rapidly, the skill curve just went way up. That Directly was, into the deep end. Probably <laughs> you know more, more my bad than anybody else's. Cause I was like, Alex, make these levels harder. Um, but uh, but with, with Ultra, there's just a really nice, uh, continuous flow and it but even as you're playing things that are sort of tutorial levels they're they're great levels they're they're mm -hmm. fun you know this is the I, I call it the subtle joy of rolling it's just this you get this this really nice feel as you're even as you're progressing through the beginning stages of the game and there's i think there's a lot more meat there for sort of all skill levels and certainly all ages i mean that was all ages very accessible was was a sort of a fundamental requirement for us that's fantastic. Well, uh, this interview is dropping uh, right around the 10th, which is when pre-orders go live. You guys are coming to multiple platforms, uh, and the game is out on the 17th. Uh, for PC, PS4, PS5, Series S and X, uh, and Switch. Uh, guys, is there anything that we haven't covered uh, here in the interview that you think players uh, should know about or would want to know about? Anything that we might have missed? Alex, Maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> what have we not covered? Uh, I I did I did want to share that. I mean, the 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 name "Marble It Up" is something that so so particularly for your Xbox audience um, that uh, uh, may have played the original. The, the the name itself actually came from uh, the community of players of the Marble Blast Ultra on the 360. A guy named Trav uh, who made a post way back in the day. And he talked about um, how whenever he's, you know, feeling down and getting it, uh, getting kicked around in multiplayer and, and he just tells himself, Trav, you got to marble it up. Let's go. And that's when mm -hmm. he, he got in the zone. So for me, marble it up is uh, um, it, it really sort of applies to life, which is like, it's a, it's a phrase about um, getting back in the game and bringing your full in, in, intention to it. And I think that the, the team as a whole really did that in a major way with the, the buildup of this release. That's really neat. Uh, is Trav 
do you know Trav, or was that just a no. post that stuck with you? Well, it's, it's back, a we, back in the day of inter, of internet forums, uh, just an oh, anonymous man. forum poster. But, but, but the the team at Garage Games, we we. It, it's a phrase that stuck with us. We would, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we made T-shirts back in the Marble Blast days, and um, yeah. yeah, and we it, it became the phrase like if you wanted to play a game of 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 marbles, you'd be like, all right, let's marble it up, let's go. Um, yeah. and so that's uh, that's why why I chose that for for this uh, for this round. Well, on the off chance we can track down Trav, or if you're listening, Trav, yeah, get in Trav, touch. That's yeah, really cool. Game on, buddy. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, guys, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. I, I'm so excited for your game to come out on the 17th. I love that it's on all platforms, that it's for for all different skill levels. Um, I found a lot of joy in the demo. Uh, before we, we wrap, I, I did want to ask, I should have asked this a moment ago. Um, did you get cool feedback from the demo, the ID Xbox demo and stuff? Because that's where I discovered it. Yes. Yeah, a lot of great feedback um, and a lot of people playing it. It's been great to see you know, having multiplayer live, it's cross-playing with, with our Steam beta, being able to jump in there and play with the Xbox players is just just awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I meant to ask that earlier, but uh, but just missed. I got so excited just watching these levels and stuff, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, Alex Swanson, uh, Mark Frommeyer, I appreciate you both for joining me. Thank you guys so much for your time. Luke, Thank really you appreciate much. yours, and uh, and and we'll, we'll see you uh, online when we marble it up. There we go. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it.